you'll remember a couple months ago, we told the story of an 18-year-old who was involved in a school shooting. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's great to be with you guys. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Timothy Simpkins is his name. And he was involved in a school shooting because the claim was was that he was bullied and he had brought a, a weapon with him. There are actually pictures with him of the weapon in the car. He ends up shooting a, a series of people. Four people were injured, but he was able to make bond and he was back home and he was smiling and they were celebrating with a party. It was really weird. You shoot somebody in a school, you bring a firearm to a school, you can go home? Crazy. Well, the story that took place on Christmas Day was that this kid, this 18-year-old, I shouldn't say kid, who was free on $75,000 bond, he was arrested for violating the terms of his release, his release. Because the court ordered your analysis showed a positive result for an illicit substance. So he's out on bond. He has to check in. He's doing drugs. I'm really surprised that this story has gotten no coverage. But the reason this story has gotten no coverage, let us anger the people who choose to be angered, is because the suspect in this story is black. This is an example, as I see it, of some of the worst bigotry out there. This was a school shooting. It's supposed to matter in the United States. But because the suspect is black, it doesn't fit narrative, and therefore it doesn't get discussed. He gets bond. It doesn't get discussed. He's back in jail because he was doing drugs while out on bond. It doesn't get discussed. That's ugly. And what makes it ugly is that it exposes something that we know is true, which is a media apparatchik, as I refer to it often, that isn't interested in news, they're interested in narrative. And when the narrative doesn't fit, they simply move on down the line. And what they'll eventually do is realize later, hey, something interesting happened. Let me give you an example of that. Chris Saliza of CNN. Chris Saliza is a guy I have not liked for a good long time. I was once covering the uh, primaries in Iowa, the caucuses, I should say, in Iowa, and he was doing a, a trivia night at one of the local bars. And I was there for a brief while. I just thought he was, I thought he was an egomaniac. But he puts out a series of tweets that are worthy of your attention. Because he noticed something amid the Omicron surge that has made him reconsider the first 20 months of the pandemic. And he says, for months and months, no one I came into contact with admitted they had COVID. Not neighbors, not coworkers, not friends, not acquaintances, no one. Except that with Omicron, Lots and lots of people are now getting it. I have found some of these same people telling me they had it last fall or at the start of the pandemic. 
It's fascinating, he writes, because it suggests that they were embarrassed or scared to say they or their family had it before. And he comes to the realization that probably not for one reason for everyone, but I do think societally we unknowingly turned having COVID into some sort of judgment on your character. Is that right? We took people who had COVID and we excoriated them for not being safe or not being vaccinated or for being a Republican or for everything else? Have I or have I not, Producer Ari, said on this very show that I will not discuss my vaccination status because it gets used as a political football? You have said that. Because it gets used as a political football. And Chris Saliza has only become aware of this now? It was CNN that posted a story last week that said, you know, the studies show that if you're overweight, chances are, uh, you know, uh, COVID is worse for you. Really? Hold on. Do I I play the, the, the music again? That's what I thought. You play the music again when someone says something that crazy. You didn't know that obesity was a major comorbidity? You didn't know that people who were obese were having greater issues with COVID? You didn't know this? What do you mean you didn't know this? What's it like to not pay attention? What is it like to make yourself so willfully ignorant? Oh, this is special. This is some special stuff. I do think societally we unknowingly turned having COVID into some sort of judgment on your character. It wasn't unknowingly. It was totally knowingly. That's exactly what happened from media folk like you and from politicos. This is exactly what you did. Exactly what we've been discussing. Oh, I don't know. Am I supposed to be impressed that they've, you know somehow come to the realization of their mistake? Or just like we see in so many things, when it's politically convenient, that's when they share the story. You mean you didn't know that the Steele dossier was a complete and total lie? You didn't know that the Steele dossier came from a source and a subsource that was shady as all get out? That it wasn't factual about Donald Trump at all and in any way? That Christopher Steele was already on a questionable list from the FBI and the subsource wasn't trusted in the slightest? But now that Trump's out of office, oh, now you can talk about it. You cover every school shooting there is. But when it's it's someone who's black, all of a sudden we don't talk about it anymore. And when the shooter gets out on bond, we don't talk about it. When the shooter goes back to jail because they're doing drugs, we don't talk about it. But you take a kid in Kenosha, Wisconsin, Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh, we'll talk about that racist white supremacist. Nobody who got shot by Kyle Rittenhouse was black. White supremacist. Damn. It's 
It's something else. Now, this brings me to the Patton Oswalt story. Patton Oswalt is a comic. I think he's built an incredible career for himself. Uh, he makes me laugh. I don't like his politics. I think his politics are ridiculous. I, I think I think they're weak. I, I think that he's uh, politically uh, weak-minded. Um, he was doing a show, and he gets a text from Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Chappelle, he, he's playing a, a local club. Chappelle's playing an arena. It's Dave Chappelle. And Chappelle says, hey, come next door, do a guest set. And Patton Oswald is like, yeah. Turns out they've known each other for 34 years. 34 years is a long time. They came up in comedy together. And you got to admit, they both had uh, good careers. Patton Oswald has had a solid career as, as, as an actor and as, as, a, as a comic. And, and Dave Chappelle as well, Dave Chappelle. So he does the guest set. Uh, he, he puts out the, the, the Instagram post, a picture of him and, and Chappelle. So people start screaming at him because Dave Chappelle hates the transgender and mocks the transgender, which is not true at all or in any way. It's not true. And Patton Oswald, he starts writing apologies that he hopes Dave Chappelle changes his mind. He didn't realize that this would upset people. I'm an LGBTQ ally and a loyal friend. There's friction in those traits that I need to reconcile myself and not let cause uh, feels of betrayal in anyone else. And I'm sorry, truly sorry, that I didn't consider the hurt this would cause or the depth of that hurt. You took a picture with a friend of yours for 34 years. Some people on social media got angry with you because Dave Chappelle turned the story on them, and you're apologizing? What a crap friend you are. Remember, if you saw Dave Chappelle's special, The Closer, I think it's an hour and nine minutes, and the hour and eight minutes are nothing more than a setup for that last 60 seconds. And the last 60 seconds is turning the entire subject on the so-called transgender community because I don't really know what that entails. Why so-called? What, what is that? How big is that? What, what, what people does that involve? Transgender people say you have to recognize our humanity. You have to recognize us for who we are. Well, you're allowed to live your life any way you see fit. What I have said is that I will not play in the pronoun game, and no, you can't compete in women's sports. Because I won't lie to myself and say that you're a woman. You're not a woman. Men are not women, and women are not men. I won't lie to myself. I won't lie to other people. I won't lie so you feel better. Nope. You don't care how I feel. You have no idea what lying does to me. You don't know how lying destroys me. Lying represents the worst part of my life. It represents the pain and the suffering and the depression and the suicidal thoughts. I won't do it again. I won't go back there. No chance to make you happy. Kiss off. No. Won't have any part of it. What Dave Chappelle was saying is he's a comic. He tells jokes. And you, the transgender community, you're going after him for telling jokes. But that's who he is as a person. Don't deny his humanity. That's the entirety of this, the closer. That's the entirety of the special. It was really well done for that moment. 
He turned the conversation on them, utilizing the tactics that they use, and they hated that, and that's why they went after him. And you know what Netflix did? They had him host another one. Uh, We're doing a big event, and Dave Chappelle's going to host. They didn't cave. They didn't cave, and good on them. Patton Oswalt caved on a friend because some nobodies who may have never gone to a show or never went to one of his movies decided to yell at him on Instagram. That's so cheap. That is so cheap. Man, good friends are hard to find. Good friends are hard to find. Dave Chappelle thought enough about you to say, whoa, whoa, Patton Oswalt is next door? Get him over here. Oh, I love that guy. You know, we got into comedy together. Get him over here. Hey, Patton, come do a set. We'll hang out afterwards. And this is how you treat him. Because you're not willing to stand up. Because being a friend wasn't as important as others' narrative. That is low class and low rent, man. Remember this story. Be a better friend than Patton Oswalt. I'm Tony Katz.